You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your hosts, Chris Jennings and Dr. Mike Brazier. Today we have a very special show with a very special guest joining us all the way from Canada. He is a frequent guest of the show, a member of the Five Timers Club. Uh, actually, this will be the, the sixth time he's on now. Dr. Scott Stevens with Ducks Unlimited Canada joining us here on the phone. And in studio with me, I have my co-host, Chris Jennings. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be back, Mike. And of course, Scott, the first question I have I have to ask is, did you get that jacket yet? I know last time we talked, uh, you were asking for a jacket and I said, just keep your eye on the mail. Well, I did I did get a new jacket. I'm not sure it was shipped from you, but um, yeah, I, I have a new hunting jacket. So I guess it depends on how you want to frame that question. Okay. Well, the, the Postal Service hasn't been in the news down here lately, so maybe we will just chalk it up to uh, to them and, and why you didn't get that jacket. But, you know, <laughs> just keep looking. Yeah, I'll keep checking. Scott, we wanted to have you on here today. It's it's early September. The hunting season has been open in Canada for uh, a bit more than a week now, and I know you were able to get out and enjoy some of that resource. And so uh, I'm going to kick it over to Chris to ask a couple of, a couple of questions to you about your experiences last week, what you saw, and uh, kind of how that may be uh, shaping up the, the migration for folks down here. So Chris, over to you. Hey, Scott. I know uh, everyone is probably jealous at your uh, blue wing teal exploits, and you've made it very well known the last few years. You've contributed some migration alerts of all of your uh, early season travels chasing blue wings. But really, I just wanted you to provide a little update on how your hunting was last week, what you were seeing in your area, and what the habitat looks like. Yeah, sure. So I, I make it sort of an annual tradition that I'll 
travel to southwestern Manitoba and uh, sort of camp and spend a few days hunting early in the season. And and I do target blue wings. Um, from my perspective, um, this time of the year, you know, they're they're really stocking on fat and getting ready to migrate. You know, some of them are down in you guys parts of the world right now. Really, they're they're probably spread across the continent right now. Um, but because they're really focused on getting that energy to go on migration, they're sort of the fattest and best eaten duck in the marsh right now from my perspective. So definitely a focus on blue wings. So yeah, so I, on, on Monday, the 31st, I guess it was, I was down there south of Brandon, Manitoba, scouting in some areas, um, that I typically hunt. It was definitely drier down there than, uh, than it has been, um, you know, I, I checked out a few of the Ducks Unlimited Canada properties that we're working on restorations on and, and will eventually revolve out. Um, one of those that I stopped at, uh, all the wetlands were dry on it um, this year. So that's just a function of environmental conditions. Um, but, you know, I, I did find there were birds around um, in, in pretty good numbers and we were able to, to have some success uh, chasing a few of those early blue wings. One thing that is interesting is, um, you know, I, I would say temperatures were seasonable when, when we started there in early September. Um, and in the harvest, I find it's pretty common this time of the year to have lots of adult males. I think they're kind of on the front edge of the migration. They're ready to head out first because they have, uh, limited duties after the breeding season. So they're off to molt and, uh, you know, ready to go and migrate south. So much of the bag was adult males um, early in the week. And then actually the the last time that I got out was on Monday of this week, Labor Day. And uh, conditions had turned cooler. And I suspect that had pushed some of the birds out. And I definitely noticed that in my bag of eight birds, there were only um, two adult males. So, you know, sort of the the ratio of adult males had definitely gone down. And, and I think that's probably a function of the cooler temps had sent many of those adult males that are ready for migration on their way. And we're kind of left with, um, you know, juvenile birds and females that, uh, that are probably still stocking up before they head south. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, you know, we're we're seeing that weather shift as well, you know, even as far south as North Texas and um, even central Texas that, you know, people who are used to 100 degree temperatures in, in September are getting a really nice cold front. And I was just curious as to how what what you're noticing as far as, you know, other puddle ducks, you know, in, in your area, you know, are you noticing a, a kind of an influx? Because I know, you know, that cold front hit you guys obviously much, much more than it did down here. I'll admit I didn't notice much of an influx of, of other ducks. I mean, there were, there were plenty of other, um, what, what this time of the year I call bigger ducks around, you know, there are teal and there are bigger ducks. So, uh, th there were, there were plenty of mallards and pintails uh, around that area that I was hunting. Um, but I didn't, I didn't notice a, a big movement in or anything, you know, now, you know, cool weather for blue wings is probably a different thing than the kind of cool weather that pushes mallards and pintails and puts them on the move. So, you know, I suspect there, there are some species differences there. But, yeah, I, I'll admit I haven't seen a big movement of other ducks, but, you know, that's that's only kind of in the, the limited travels that I've had thus far. So it doesn't mean it's not happening. 
So, Scott, this is Mike here. What were the temperatures? What was the lowest the temperature got for you up there last week? Yeah, I think when I was camping, I had a night where temps were down in the low 40s. Um, so it was cool. I was in a sleeping bag and, uh, you know, was was comfortable. Um, but it it's definitely more common at that time of the year. It's hot. You know, it's, it's in the 90s. And uh, so it was definitely a, a change, you know, in the overall temperatures. And then um, let's see on, I think it was Sunday, we had we had a big northwest wind, like sort of 40 mile an hour northwest wind. So I suspect birds that were ready to migrate, like probably some of those adult male blue wings, probably took advantage of that wind to, to ride that wind. Um, I know actually when I drove back from uh, western Manitoba, I had the same kind of westerly wind that was strong blowing. And uh, man, I got awesome gas mileage driving to the east um, <laughs> back with my kayak on top of my truck. So so I can appreciate when ducks are catching some of that tailwind, what kind of advantage it provides too. So with early cold fronts like that coming through, are you worried at this stage about those blue wings being pushed out of there pretty quick and being left with uh, with the larger ducks? Or do you think the blue wings are still going to be around there uh, for a couple more weeks? Yeah, I, I do worry about that. I mean, as those cooler temperatures were hitting, um, you know, I had uh, I had a brief text exchange with my son who's off at college and is usually one of my partners on some of those trips. And I kind of lamented to him. It's like, Ooh, it's cool. I may lose the blue wings earlier than normal here. And he kind of said, well, I guess you'll have to break down and shoot something else. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I might have to do that. Um, so I think that's definitely happening. Um, you know, I think especially, you know, as, as we think about blue wings, those adult males, you know, they've, they've been sort of free of any real duties during the breeding season since probably June or July at the latest. So they're molted. They've been putting on fat. So, you know, I, I think that's why, you know, I had fewer of those in, in my sample in the bag on Monday is, you know, the ones that were ready, they had taken off and headed south. And it probably takes a little longer for the females and the juveniles just because, you know, especially the young birds are still still building fat because they were eggs in May or June. Um, and the females went through the taxing part of laying eggs and raising ducklings. And so they're putting on fat too. So I, so I think when you think about, you know, the overall population of blue wing, you have those differences among those different age and sex cohorts that, you know, probably adult males head out first. And that's what you guys will see lots of, you know, in, in early teal seasons in the South. And then, you know, maybe a little later, there'll be movement of some of these, uh, adult females and then juvenile birds coming south um, as as they sort of hit that threshold that they're like, yep, we have enough to migrate and then they'll be headed out. Yeah, Scott, I'm just curious, you know, when you're driving around southwest Manitoba and this is more of a personal curiosity, are you noticing a lack of other hunters due to, you know, the Canadian border not being open? Or, I mean, did you notice like, oh, there's just not as many trucks or, you know, Anything like that? I, I'm just just curious about that. Yeah, it, it's a good question, Chris. It, it's a little bit different the context here in Manitoba because even if the border were open, the hunting season for U.S. folks does not open until the 24th of September. So you know we have that time period here in Manitoba where it's just Canadian hunters. But but I would say the area that I'm in, you know, is like 
I heard some other shots on one day, but I did not see other folks driving around. So, you know, it's a pretty quiet landscape for harvest pressure in the fall. That that changes a little bit as as things get a little later and people get focused on Canada geese and mallards and those kind of things. Um, you know, but right now, one of the guys that I hunted with, he lives down in that area and he spends a lot of time hunting Canada geese. And, you know, at this stage, it's early on and they're still in family groups. And, you know, he was lamenting that, yeah, I kind of got two dozen here and two dozen there. And if I could put them all together in one field, it would make a hunt. But, you know, that's kind of the stage that they're at too. So, so it was pretty quiet. Um, but that, that wasn't a function of having the border closed right now. Um, but that, that I would expect that will definitely be the case in some of the other provinces. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. This is for sure. Scott, you mentioned early on that it was a bit dry down there where you hunt. <clears throat> and just kind of curious here, when when you have those kind of conditions, is it is that a good thing for your likely hunting success or is it does it make it more challenging? You know, that's probably a, a complicated answer there. The fewer wetlands you have, you're going to have fewer birds produced in that region. But by the same token, if you have fewer wetlands for the birds to, that, are, that are there to choose from, might make it easier to uh, you know, to concentrate the birds to your advantage from a hunting standpoint. How does that play out in your mind when you encounter those dry conditions? Yeah, I, I, I think it's like you described, it's, it's complicated. And, um, you know, I would say probably the best descriptor I can give is it makes it different. You know, if, if we have lots of water, which when I started hunting in that area, probably in 2014, there was water everywhere, you know, and, and wetlands were flooded out beyond the cattail margin. And so we hunted some of those, some of those wetlands that were scattered across the landscape. You know, they really became kind of wetland complexes because they merged with other smaller wetlands in the surrounding area. 
and those were very good hunting. Now those are mostly dry and we're hunting, you know, some flooded areas are around a, a larger lake system that's, that's down in that area. Um, so it's different. I would say, you know, when, when I'm thinking about blue wings, I'm always thinking about water depth and, you know, having three or four inches of water is what you're looking for. So, you know, when wetland conditions fluctuate, um, finding those conditions where you do that changes across the landscape, but you know, where you're able to find that real shallow water, um, that's where you find the birds feeding. So, so yeah, it's, it's kind of an exercise in, Hey, where's the, where's the right water depth this year? It's always interesting to define those right conditions. I have a couple of, maybe one other question, then we'll wrap it up. And this is a question more of a, a personal nature. Obviously you and I've been friends for quite a while and I I see a lot of the posts that you make on social media and here over the summer, you've been, and maybe for some time now, you've gotten into decoy carving and fashioning decoys of all different sorts. And I actually saw a picture where you had the famous headless uh, blue wing teal decoy that I made fun, <laughs> made fun <laughs> of on social media about, but representing a foraging blue wing. I, I do realize that, but how did your decoys play out? How did they work out for you? Uh, are, are you hunting over only decoys that you have made now, or do you still have some, uh, some mass produced decoys that you're hunting over? Yeah, I, I still have mass produced one, but yeah, working on decoys sort of became the uh, pandemic pastime to sort of help maintain my sanity, um, when you, you couldn't do a bunch of other stuff. Um, so yeah, I made, I made the headless decoy, which, you know, really looks natural in those, you know, shallow areas that I'm hunting for blue wings. So I put that out in most situations. I would tell you, I'll, I'll admit to sort of a, a little bit of an error here. And, uh, I also made some cork, um, tip up duck butts that were, you know, fashioned to look like blue wing teal. And when I floated those for the first time, um, I didn't have the ballast in the keel right, and they they didn't they didn't tip up. They laid down. <laughs> um, look look more like somebody had shot your decoy. Yeah, so say so they look <laughs> kind of like headless ones. Only you could <laughs> see the keel, you know, sticking out the front. So when I got back from the the trip out west, I I got out some you know lead strap weights and I put those on the front of the keel and it fixed it. So uh, so the next hunts that I have, the tip ups were tipped up. So I guess that's part of the the learning process. So yeah, it's kind of fun to have a few of your own decoys out there that you fashioned and uh, hunting over those. But yeah, I, I have, usually I have a couple dozen sort of um, early season teal decoys that are, that are kind of a mixture of Avery decoys. And uh, I think there are some zinc ones mixed in there too, and they look pretty realistic, but yeah, I've mixed in my own, my own creation there. And it's kind of fun to have those in the spread too. What about uh, blue wing teal silhouettes? I know you've gotten into a lot of other silhouettes. Have you have you given that uh, idea any any thought? I want to see those. I did. I made eleven blue wing teal okay. silhouettes. I think that was yeah, that was some of the first silhouettes I made in the pandemic. And I did have a situation on the opening day on September first where we had a nice little mud flat that uh, was you know was right where birds have been setting and some of them were hauled up on that mud flat so i put the silhouettes out on that first day and uh we shot three limits of blue wings there over it um you know i can't say they sucked them right in yeah i can't say it was totally the result of the silhouettes we were in a spot that they had been using and um but yeah you could say that i i i, I could make the case i guess but yeah sure sure now, did you get that idea from some that you saw elsewhere or was that just a totally scott stevens idea 
Yeah, that was that was my own. I've I've not seen teal silhouettes, and I know when I made them, I sort of joked on social media saying, "Who needs those? Nobody <laughs> needs those, right?" <laughs> um, but you know, I, I had definitely seen those situations where you have mud flats and you have blue wings in there, and and you see them hauled out on those mud flats. So I thought, well, you know, having a few of those would be kind of cool, and uh, so it was a little bit of a creative challenge for me. Can I make those? Can I paint them to make them look realistic? So. Yep, I did up a few of those and uh, have only had them out the once. The other the other situations where I've hunted, uh, I didn't have the mud flat situation. But uh, yeah, I guess as you as you become a more experienced hunter, you're always kind of looking for the right situation and and the gear to fit the different situations you encounter. So who knows how often I'll use those? But it was uh, it was kind of fun to put them together and and. Uh, you know, I did find the one situation where they looked very natural and looked like what the birds were doing. So that's usually what I'm trying to mimic out there as I set up my spreads. Well, you may have started something. Next thing you know, they'll be all across the landscape this time of year. So, uh, I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that's all the questions I have. Chris, do you have any final questions for Scott? I don't. I appreciate you joining us, Scott, and uh, jealous that you're up there chasing ducks already. Uh, we're still sweating it out down here for sure. Appreciate the chance to be on. I hope to get out and maybe sample a few more blue wings before they head head your way. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yep. Thanks, Scott. And we'll be sure to catch up with you maybe next month once once you've uh, been chasing some of the bigger bigger ducks and get a get a handle on what those look like and um, you know how your success has gone there. So look forward to catching up with you later on. Okay. Sounds good. Special thanks to our guest on today's show, Dr. Scott Stevens with Ducks Unlimited Canada. Appreciate his insight on early hunting season in, in Canada and, and hearing some of his experiences up there afield. Also thank my co-host here, Chris Jennings, for joining me on this podcast. Thank our producer, Clay Baird, for the great work he does on all aspects of this podcast. And to you, the listener, we thank you for joining us here. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And thank you for your commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our long-time partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're, conservationists. we're conservationists with the next generation. The next generation. 
Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation, united by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside.